Please won't you be my neighbor? Right on. <laughs> you guys, your 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 faces are so like ah, I'm so relaxed right now. It's like watching that. What's the guy's name uh, that has that does? He got the big fro and the paint. Bob what? Bob Ross. It's like everybody watching Bob Ross going off. Oh, so relaxed right now, you know. Well, good morning, New City. How we doing? Good to see y'all, man. Good to see y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I am uh, fried to a crisp from being out in uh, uh, Frontier Days for most of the last two days, man. I tell you what, I am burnt, and uh, so I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth and everything like that. But um, but uh, what I thought about, as a matter of fact, what I thought about was saying, you know what? I don't think we spend enough time in prayer. So I'm gonna have you guys pray for the next 25, 35 minutes. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and do that, so let's bow our heads now, but, uh, but, but this is going to be a fun time for real. It's, uh, it's really kind of a neat season that we're in. You know, we're in the season of serving our community and doing a lot of different things uh, that we've done. We did the block party a couple weeks back, which we rocked the house, and you know, I apologize to you last week. If you weren't here, I apologize again for you guys watching the video of me doing the Macarena. Again, that was just wrong in every kind of way. We helped with, uh, you know, we helped with citywide cleanup. We did a lot of those kinds of things. We had a really cool Frontier Days yesterday. We actually were in the parade for, yeah, man. Uh, I, come to find out, we have a motorcycle ministry. You know, remember I was telling you guys last week? Like, seriously, I was telling you guys last week, I got ministries I have no idea about. And so, uh, so we were like, somebody's like, hey, let's do the, let's get in the parade. I was like, what do you guys want to do? So we'll do our motorcycle ministry. We, we have a motorcycle ministry? That's great, you know? Let's do it. So, you know, <laughs> great. Fantastic. Got stuff going on that I don't know about. But yeah, these guys go and they, they, uh, they, they, they travel and they do some different things out of our church and uh, ride Harleys to the glory of God, man. So they led us in the parade yesterday. We threw out candy. It was a fantastic thing. Also, if you got walked in, if you saw that, there's a sign out there. It says, show the teachers how much that, or something like, we love them a latte. So if you want to take one of those coffee cups off the, uh, off the wall, uh, here's what we're doing. And I don't have a lot of details yet uh, about when we're going to be collected. We're going to have a, a bucket next to the uh, bench outside. But here's what we're doing. Uh, for Edgerton Elementary, rather than us doing this backpack ministry that a lot of people do that I'm not opposed to, uh, and us saying, hey, we need to supply, pe- supply the students with this, supply the teachers with this, what we think. Uh, Stephanie Ford actually went over to the, to the school and asked the teachers what they wanted. And so we're going to give them that. And it's different stuff. It's like gum and Kindle covers and stuff, like stuff that you don't think about putting in a backpack that you would think. And so we're going to serve our community that way. And on July 3rd, we're sponsoring the ice cream and all those kinds of things that are that are happening next weekend. And I told there somebody came up to us at the booth yesterday and asked us if we would. And I and here's what I said. If anybody wants to do it, I'm going to ask you to feel free. We got all the supplies we need and everything like that. We got prizes and those fans we, we gave out at the, at the at Frontier Days yesterday. Uh, but there is something going on in Wellsville called the Fuzzy Mutton Farm Festival. That's a mouthful. But, but here's what's happened. Like it's a one-day thing, 830 to 830 on Saturday. If anybody wanted to go do a booth, put it on your Connect card. I told the lady if we had some people interested, we would do it. If we didn't, if we're worn out or whatever, we won't do it. It's no big deal. And she's like, that's cool. So I'll let her know based on what the response is today if we want to do something like that or, or not. Amen? Because we want to make sure we're serving folks and serving folks. But here's the thing. We've got people from all over Wellsville, Baldwin, Gardner, Olathe, 
payola. We got people sometimes driving in from Bonner. It's pretty wild. Uh, it's a KCK, right? Uh, people driving in from all over. So we want to serve the places that we're in. It's kind of this is what we're doing now and talking about as a, as a church right now. It's like, how do we do this all the time? You know, we've got firesides going on Thursday night. We've got a broken chains recovery groups going on on Wednesday night. A lot of really cool things happening. But for some of us, we say, okay, um, like, how do I get involved? Like, how does this happen organically? It doesn't necessarily, I don't live in Edgerton necessarily. Uh, I, some of us, for some of us, we do live in Edgerton. How can I take what we do here as a church body to my next door neighbor? Like, in essence, how can I get involved? How can I love my neighborhood? And what we're trying to help people understand in this series called Love Thy Neighbor is how can I live uh, in a way that is, in essence, whole life neighboring whole life neighboring. This is an important thing. Like we can actually step in and embrace a challenge to do this. Now, we talked last week about the fact that Jesus did a lot of debating with religious people, right? And he, and he called, actually called them names and all kinds of stuff. Now, I'm not saying you guys need to go call religious people names. I'm saying Jesus did. There may be some reasons for some of this stuff, but keep in mind what he did. Whenever he was debating and he was telling people things like, hey, what the greatest commandments are is love God with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself, amen. He got that out of Leviticus 19.18. And I want to reemphasize this this week. It says, Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbor as yourself. The second command that he says is just as important as the first command. They go together. You can't have God, like you can't love God without doing this. He said, do not take revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community. Exactly right. So it's important for us to make sure that we don't have any grudges, that we don't have any anger, that we don't promote any hostility. And when you see things like that on Facebook, like my neighbor sucks or this, you know, it's like it's breaking the heart of God because he's saying don't do that. Amen. And so for us, he's saying, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am, I am Yahweh. Last week, we talked about how to bless your neighbor. You begin, L, B, with prayer, right? Listen, L, to their, their points of passion and points of pain. Like, uh, begin with, eat with them, bless, B-L-E, eat with them, and eat whatever they feed you, right? Even if it's a god-awful plate of carrots. Um, just kidding, some of you guys. Some of you guys like you're going to serve me carrots just to test me one of these days, aren't you? All right, all right. You're going to put up a shut up, bro. <laughs> they're awful. I think they're straight from the devil. I'm telling you. No. Uh, then we serve them, right? So we B-L-E, serve. Serve our neighbors in different ways. And then share our testimony. Share the great news of, of the Lord. But what we do, one of the things that we tend to come up with and tend to have a, a block with is some people's reputation or their thoughts about what the church is. I had several conversations about our church at Frontier Days yesterday. And one of the conversations I had uh, with a gentleman that said, he goes, man, my kids have been burnt by church. They've been kicked out of churches. They've had all kinds of, some of the stuff he explained to me, it was silly stuff. Like they decided to go to public school instead of private school. So the church decided to excommunicate them. I mean, it's got really weird stuff, you know? And so their kids are like, we don't ever want to go back to church. We don't have anything to do with that. So us as a church body have got to exemplify unity and love 
of, of, of one another so that when we do go talk to neighbors, people don't look at us like we don't want to have any part of that. I got to go through all the junk all the time at work and backbiting and stabbing and all that kind of stuff. Why would I want to get involved in something like that, right? And so today, like this is our job to help one another, to help other people to see the church for the way God designed it, not the what we have made it over the years in our culture and things like that. It's not something we're just supposed to be comfortable in. It's not supposed to something that's supposed to meet our needs. It's not even a charitable organization. It is the hope of the world. Amen. And when we all see that as it's the hope of the world, man, we're going to unify like crazy. We're going to love one another like you have never seen before. And see, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love being patient and kind and forgiving and believing all things, believing good things about one another, but not, not assuming bad motives about anything, right? And this is what happens in Ephesians, and, and Paul talks about that in context over and over and over about how the church is supposed to love one another. In fact, it is one of the things that you will see in New Testament and Old Testament that a glorified body of believers in the Lord is what glorifies God. It's incredible, and it happens all the time, and it's beautiful. Ephesians 4, I want to go through the entire chapter of Ephesians 4. Man, because the church, the early church, sacrificially served and loved their neighbor. You will see historians even write about these crazy Christians that wouldn't leave the inner city even when there was a tremendous plague going on even though all the doctors and all the politicians and all the people left this church bound together by love reached a community that needed help and that's why 300 by by the by the year 300 the over half the roman empire called themselves followers of jesus because people loved and shared and served their neighbor so Ephesians 4, Paul is writing to a church in Ephesus. It's, a, it's a, a, essentially an, a pretty well-to-do church. And he does a really good job of encouraging these guys, not just in what they have been doing, but also kind of helping them understand how we're supposed to live our lives as a church body. And it is beautifully written. I highly recommend reading all of Ephesians for lots of reasons, because if you want to know how we're supposed to be as a church toward one another, toward, a, toward a, a, a unified body, and toward the community, it's right here. And Ephesians 4 is awesome. So let me, read, let me uh, read this to you, if that's cool, and we'll get into it. And I've got a, ew, I even brought out the whiteboard, y'all. This is going to be crazy, right? Uh, I was inspired by Pete a couple of weeks ago, man, so it's going to be good. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1, he says, Therefore I, a prisoner for the Lord... The prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love. Because as you start doing these things together, there's going to be a tendency to kind of get on each other's nerves. But he says, this is where you got to dial in the love, baby. Diligently keeping the unity of the spirit, right? Uh, with the peace that binds us. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, we actually did, remember that we did this, uh, the, the seven ones, right? We talked about this during the bucket list. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. In essence, he is in us, we are in him, we are one, he is one with us, we are one body, together as one that means that does not mean we have to agree on everything 
It does not mean everybody has to be a Republican or a Democrat. It does not mean that everybody has to think a certain way and have the same exact opinions, but when we differ, we submit to one another in love. Right? And that's kind of, a, it's, it's, it's awesome. And when it's done right, you can go to neighbors and say, and people can say, man, I've heard about your church. It's pretty doggone cool. I'd like to be a part of whatever you've got going on. If we did this in the right way, we would not have a reputation in our communities. We would not have conversations like I had with my friend, my new friend yesterday, who says, my kids do not want to have anything to do with the church because there was no unity, there was no love there. Amen? And if we do it, man, it's a, that's one of the things I love about us, man, is that our, this church, New City, has an amazing unity and love for one another, man. You can see it when you, I have people say this all the time. As soon as we walk in, it's just, it's beautiful what they see. Now, grace, verse 7 was given to each one of us according to the measure of the Messiah's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took prisoners into captivity. He gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he descended to the lower parts of the earth? This language is that he came from heaven to to earth. The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, went back up to heaven, right, that he might might fill all things. And he personally gave, now listen to this, You guys have heard me say this quite a few times. We talked about it in Exploring Discipleship, but this is a very critical piece for us to understand the unity of the body and how it works. Listen to what he says. He said he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, those are, and I'll explain some of this here in just a second, some evangelists, some pastors or shepherds, and some teachers. Now, he didn't give that to everybody necessarily as a gift, and it doesn't mean that we don't have any, like if somebody says, well, I'm not really a teacher, I'm more of an evangelist type of thing, and I'll explain this here in a second, but, but, but ultimately, if God's in us, if Jesus is in us, who had all these things, and, he, and we're in him, we're gonna have some of these, but we're gonna have primarily giftings and, and really what gives us energy in some of these different things but listen to what he said the reason why the reason he gave those things and so many times people want to identify themselves as one of those by the way if you want to write this down fivefoldsurvey.com fivefoldsurvey.com you can actually take this test and find out what where your gifting is it's kind of kind of a neat thing free test about 80 questions take you 15 minutes probably if you answered them right and by the way what i encourage people to do don't answer them how you ought to be you think you ought to be answer them the way you are right because people are like yeah i should probably do that more so yeah so but you know what i'm saying but listen to what he says for what, the reason why he gave these gifts for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of christ that's awesome until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of god's son growing into a mature man with a stature measured by christ's fullness then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching by human cunning and with cleverness with techniques in the techniques of deceit but speaking the truth in love let us grow in every way into him who is the head christ for in him the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament and in context he's talking about all the different giftings right promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working 
of each individual part. Wow, that's heavy-duty stuff, right? Well, I've got a graph here that when I was reading this one time, some of you guys may have seen this if you took the Exploring Discipleship uh, small group that we are, the city group that we had, going to have another one in, in August. But listen, think about this as far as us being on mission. You know, we have this, Pete talked about it a couple weeks ago, this will it be us that reaches the people of Edgerton and the surrounding community here but those who are coming and so a lot of times people that are gifted in certain ways tend to get very monopolistic and very territorial about their gifting and thinking that that everybody has to be in the same boat as me otherwise i'm going to go to a church that everybody thinks the same way and or or i'm going to be unhappy because nobody's doing it my way type of thing and those are things that that immature believers a lot of times will will do but let me help you understand kind of a little bit remember what it said it said we're going to build up the unity right of the church through these things as well as building up the maturity until we are no longer little children maturity um, no longer little children tossed away by cunning deceit and clever teaching and and all that kind of stuff and so what i want us to do the apostle the prophet the evangelist the shepherd and the teacher is all like there's an order to that for a reason now check this out so we got to be thinking about that if uh if like a, an apostle is someone can you guys see that okay let me no let me get this out of the way sorry an apostle so i practice this right apostle can you see that all right everybody see that back there back in the back good an apostle is somebody, basically, we call the sent one. God has given them a gift to go get a, a mission started, to go start things. They, uh, if they're not careful, if they're, if they're not mature, and if they don't submit to other people in love, they can go start all kinds of crazy things. And these are generally the people that plant churches and head churches, which is, which is good. I'm not gifted as an apostle, but I have to use this ap- apostolic quite a bit to go reach people. And so what ha- tends to happen is that we go and, uh, like apostles, they'll go, okay, I got to go get these people, but they, get, they can get bored really easy and kind of go off in a different area because, okay, the newness is done, we've got it started, I'm going to go do a new thing. But if they're not careful and they don't submit to other people like the prophets, right, but what the prophets will do, the apostles will go say, I think we need to go do this ministry. I think we need to go reach these people. The prophets are the ones that are going to say, can I pray about that? Can I, can I get a green light from God on that? Yeah, right? And so it's kind of a, like the prophets, if you will, are gifted in, in hearing from God and expressing those things. Now, if all you have is a bunch of prophets hanging around, you tend to have people that, that will say things like, man, I, nobody listens to me. I just want the truth of God done. They're, sometimes they'll even get depressed about things going on in the church. And sometimes the apostles and the prophets will get kind of upset with each other. When Pete and I started working together, this is kind of a neat story that I, I love to tell. And until I realized that I needed Pete to be praying about God, praying to God about things that we're doing so that there could be this green light that we get. So then if, as I'm, I'm saying, okay, we think we need to go do this. Pete can go, can we pray about that? When I first heard that, I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Seriously, we ain't got time for that. We got to go, right? But, but he helped us at, like avoid a whole lot of problems like that, amen? Because I said, you know, like, let's go here. The prophet said, let me pray about that. And if, we, if there's, some, there's some hesitation or some, green, or some, some issues that, may, we, that, that the apostles a lot of times don't see, 
So if the apostle goes and they, they start hitting this mission and start doing this thing, and the prophets say, man, I'm hearing from God, this is a good thing, then you can have the evangelists go and evangelize and go reach people and gather people and tell people about this amazing, crazy, awesome, and incredible mission. Now, if all you have is a bunch of evangelists, because that's like the, the church word that's really sexy. I heard a bunch of it this past week, and it drove me nuts. They were like, all you got to go is evangelize people. No, you got to apostolate folks, too, and have prophecies, have prophets as well. You've got to have all those folks. Like I, I say, man, let's release the apes, right? Let's get this thing started, because we can actually help people understand what God is doing in the church if we do it together in unity with one another. We can have evangelists go. They have a great gift of, of reaching people and telling people and highlighting the great things of God's. But, but if all they are is our, our people, if all we have is evangelists in the church, all people do is go tell people about Jesus and that's it. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. But there's nobody like shepherds to take care of them. Shepherds are people that can actually take care and get energy off of the, like taking care of the needs of people in the body. So we're reaching people. We have this great vision from God. We got the green light from the prophets. We got the evangelists who are going and in essence selling this ministry that we've got going on and gathering people and bringing people in. We've got a bunch of people. We need a bunch of shepherds to take care of folks in the church. Then when all that stuff, stuff the, the mission's been identified, it has been given a green light, it has been promoted and people have been gathered. There's systems in place to take care of folks that have been done that. Then we have an opportunity to teach them. Right? Then we got to see so many times people want to start here. Right? Teachers are the worst. And I can say that because that's my, my apex, right? Like I'm the worst because so, for so long I was like, all they got to do is be taught the word of God. Actually, they need to be evangelized. They need to be taken care of. We need to make sure that the prophets are, are being listened to because they're, they're important for, for us to, we got to make sure that the apostles are, are, are going the right way, right? But when we do that, maturity increases, unity increases, and it's a beautiful thing because we submit to one another in love we recognize one another's giftings, right? Is that not amazing? It's really, really incredible. But we've got to understand that, it, that just because I'm wired as a shepherd and, I, and I've got to go take care of people and that's what I've got to do doesn't mean that the teachers are going to get the same energy or the prophets are going to get the same energy. doesn't mean they can't do it. But we've got to make sure that when people say, well, nobody's taking care of these folks, or, man, all we've got to go is, 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 get, is, is gather the lost and make sure we get a bunch of converts and stuff. Man, it can get really hairy really quick if there's not systems in place, if there's not unity and love. This is how church splits happen all the time because they, all oh, we got to go do is take care of our people, right? So we're going to go start a church that does that because nobody's listening to me. All we got to do is go reach the lost. We'll go door to door. We got all kinds of tracks. We'll go on mission. We'll go all over the world to reach the lost, which is a good thing. But if we don't have this in perspective and in unity in all these areas, guys, it can get crazy. It can get disunified and it can just break the heart of God because man, when that happens, people mature, people unify, and the reputation of the church isn't a barrier anymore when we go and we actually talk and love our neighbor, right? Isn't that cool? Listen to what he says here too. This is amazing. They bring this back over here. 
Therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk, unbelievers. In the futility of their thoughts, they are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. Wow. They, become call- they became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. That's the world. That's the stuff that we tend to. And this is what's happening in the, a lot in the church here too. Is like not here, but, but in the church overall, a lot of those influences of the world are starting to influence the church. And the church is finding itself trying to be relative to the world when it's got to be the, man, it's got to be the light of the world, not the, not the, you know, not the conduit of sin, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's a remarkable what's going on. Um, but, that, but that is not how you learn about the Messiah. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him, because the truth is in Jesus, you took off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, you are being renewed in the spirit of your minds. And you, and you put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. Since you put away lying, speak the truth, each one to his, wow. Now, it doesn't mean like, hey, man, you're fat and ugly, bro. You're not talking about that kind of truth. He's talking about like helping people see in context. Listen, to, in context, he's talking about the truths of God, right? This is awesome because we are members of one another. You get to talk to your neighbor because we're members of one another about the truth. Without barriers to the relationship, barriers to the reputation of the church. I remember coming uh, when we first started here four years ago. Now, I can't believe it's been that long. And it sounds like, it sounds like it's just like nothing, right? But I remember being at D's Mini Mart, and this is so cute. This is so awesome. But I remember I was going over to the, the Edgerton Elementary. I was going to bring him some donuts. That's why I was at D's getting donuts. And there was a lady that, that came up to me, and, and she's actually moved away since, but she lived in these condos over here. And she, she said, oh, you're going over to Edgerton Elementary? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, would you give them the ch- this check for my kids? I was like, sure. <laughs> you just gave me a check to give to somebody else. That's awesome, you know. And so she goes, you're the pastor? Said, yeah. She goes, hey, I just want you to know our kids are not going to play. Uh, we, we promise the kids will not play on your grass. I said, why not? You know, she goes, well, because we know that we're not supposed to, but... Uh, you know, I know they love to play baseball and stuff like that, and they love to go out and throw a football, but the, I know the church really doesn't want that to happen. I said, well, let me tell you, the church wants that to happen from this point on. As a matter of fact, I may very well come to your house and go up and down the street gathering kids during the summer. Let's go play football. Let's go play baseball. Let's go do that on the field. I've had people say, hey, could we have a, you know, calling me up and, and saying things like, could we have a birthday party out in the yard out there? I'm like, Yes. You know, I said, just check. You don't even have to ask permission. Just check, make sure we're not doing something crazy out there like a, like a volleyball tournament or something like that. But yeah, absolutely. This is your church. It belongs to the community. It's the neighborhood church, amen? Does that make sense? That makes sense. And I know that sometimes guys that will mow over baseballs tend to get upset. I get that, you know? That's why we hired, that's why we hired the mowing out. And by the way, Alex Sleister kicks booty on on mowing our yard he's fantastic so if you know alex please thank him for that um so, uh, where did i would i leave off uh yes the th- okay 
So it don't give up. Yeah, since you put away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Like, it's okay to be angry about stuff the devil does. I, I can't stand him myself, really. But, but don't sin about it. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let it linger. There's all kinds of reasonings for that. And don't give the devil an opportunity. The thief must no longer steal. Instead, he must do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. This is great stuff, right? This is how to be a, a community, how to be a neighbor. This is one of, the, one of the reasons why we've got to make sure that our homes and things like that, to the best of our ability, look good, right? According to our neighbors, if we're living in a neighborhood. We don't want to say, hey, you know about Jesus? And they go, oh, yeah, that's the one with the, uh, the crazy stuff. He got, he, he got the crazy uh, snowman statue up in the front, you know, that kids get cut on or whatnot. I don't know where this guy. I told you I was tired. No foul language is to come from your mouth. This is not about cussing. This is about the heart. This is about the anger. This is about, the, about all this kind of stuff that, you know, that people talk about. I'm not saying you got liberty to go use the F-bomb and things like that and then try to talk to people about Jesus. I'm just saying this is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about dirty words, right? He's talking about that, like, like the stuff that promotes disunity and promotes the lack of community. Um, so that he said, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear and don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. All bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander must be removed from you along with all malice and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Man, that's a mouthful when it comes to to really reaching those who need Jesus. But it is up to us. Like, it's up to us. We're the last hope of the world. I'm not talking about New City Church. I'm talking about all of the church all over the world is the last hope. We're it. Like, we're a part of that, right? So for us, what we've got to do, and we're going to make sure we do, is live in unity, build one another up, submit to one another in love, appreciate all the different giftings that are in the church, go reach our neighbor for the Lord, and see what God does. Like the last thing in the world I want to hear is for people to go, man, I would, I, I would love to get close to God, but, but man, the, that church, I've heard some crazy stuff, infighting going on, I've heard this going on, man, I got walked in there and nobody really wanted to speak to me or anything like that, or man, I felt rejected, and as soon as I made a decision to go this way, people were like, don't even talk to me anymore or whatnot. Guys, it breaks my heart now. I'm as guilty sometimes getting busy and not talking to people as anybody. That's why we're about to roll out a whole new system of making sure people are connected to and all those kinds of things. But if we stay, I've said this before, I don't lose a lot of sleep about finances. I don't lose a lot of sleep about whether the things, place things are going to work or whether people show up or anything like that. Don't lose sleep over that at all. If I ever lose sleep over anything, it's praying to the Lord that we never lose our love for him or one another. Amen? And we've got it, dude. There's something special that's happening in our church, and I get that. But we never want to get complacent with that or lose that in our ability because ultimately we'll, we'll, lose, we'll lose our mission field like that. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. Today's Father's Day, and we're going to have some. Yeah, man. All you pops in the house, we're ready. I'm going to pray for our offering here in just a second, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, dads and what, you know, what, like, we, we know the whole idea of God being the perfect father and that kind of thing. 
Um, but we also know the importance of, of, of what dads can do for kids and what dads can do um, uh, to really foster this, this mission that we're on, man. I just want to thank the dads, you know, for coming to church. We've got a lot of guys that come to our church, man. It's pretty unusual, really. Like, it's a, a lot of churches are, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to women coming to church. Don't hear me say that. But a lot of churches are predominantly female, and we've got a pretty good blend of dudes and dudettes, man. I just appreciate that. Appreciate the guys. Appreciate the, the fathers that bring their children and lead their homes and, and those kinds of things. Guys, that's going to that's gonna be the mission critical for the mission field. So we're going to do those kinds of things. So when we give here in just a second, man, I want to um, really just lift up to ultimately glorify the, 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 the Father of all of us, uh, Father God. So we do that. Was this helpful today? This help us to, to kind of, yeah, man, kind of, it's really, really a neat thing. Ephesians is a, is a great thing. So, so Father, we, um, we, we do ask for great favor uh, from you. You have said in your word that you show favor to a, a, a particular kind of person. And it goes so well with what this says, but you show favor to one who has three characteristics, one who is humble, one who is submissive in spirit to you and to others, Lord, and tr- one who trembles at your word. And so, Father, here's the thing. May we be the kind of people that you show favor to. And as we take this offering this morning, God, may we be the kind of May, you, may we show you the kind of hearts that we have that are ultimately, man, just love you with everything we have and, and love others as we love ourselves. And may you not be satisfied with the amount given, Lord, but may you be satisfied with the hearts by which, it's, by which this money, this offering is given. And we thank you, God, for what you've done. As the ushers have come forward and, and we take this offering, God, may we just rest in you and in our hearts. Set apart you as Lord. It's in your son's name we pray. Everybody in the house said, Amen. Amen.